in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, the word is out. I saw that guy. I saw that speech. This crazy Hamas uh, deputy chief. He retired, but he put out a very creepy message to uh, his followers all over the world. And a lot of folks have interpreted this as calling for jihad tomorrow. And uh, the NYPD, I understand, is on heightened alert. They're having basically everybody show up in uniform. There are a lot of people who don't wear uniforms. They're all going to be wearing uniforms tomorrow. And um, they'll be everywhere as, uh, you know, to protect us, uh, to deter. And uh, the message will be to the terrorists, say, don't mess with us. Don't come here. Uh, I hope nothing bad happens, right? I mean, we don't want anything bad to happen. But, uh, look, given the state of the world, it would, I would not be shocked, I guess. I would not be shocked. But we got to do everything we can uh, so that this does not happen. And it calls to mind that we don't have the luxury. We don't have the bandwidth. We don't have the time. We don't have the uh, nothing to uh, make our law enforcement or intelligence community woke in any way, shape, or form. you got to forget woke. It doesn't matter what the gender is or what the orientation is of your intelligence analyst. You know what matters? Do they speak Pashto? Okay? That's what matters. We want people who speak the language. Um, we want people who are skilled and qualified. We don't want that lady. Uh, what's her name again? I saw a CIA commercial. A commercial for the CIA. They're trying to recruit people to join the CIA. And you know what she does? She runs around talking about how how many disorders she has. And she runs around talking about how uh, she's, I don't know, trans, pans, pansgender, transgender. I forgot. It was one of those genders, one of those unique genders. Um, I mean, come on. It, this, this may have seemed stylish at one point. Stylish. That's actually a great line from a movie. Uh, Dirty Harry, Magnum Force. And uh, they have Dirty Harry sit on the promotion board, and uh, the what's that girl's name from Cagney and Lacey? Tyne Daly walks in. She's like twenty-five years old, this little small thing, petite cop, and they want to promote her, or she's applying to be promoted to uh, uh, chief detective. And it comes out she's never worked in the detective bureau or anything like that. But uh, there's an initiative from the mayor that they will feminize all aspects of the police department. This police department, Inspector Callahan, will embrace the values of the 20th century. And Callahan's leaning against the wall. He says, Will, isn't that stylish? (laughs) I love it. Stylish. We're still dealing with the same junk. Um, So that's uh, something that we don't have the luxury. We don't have the time. We don't have the energy, right? I mean, nobody knew that better than, quite frankly, the previous regime, um, the Trump regime and uh, here in the city, Bloomberg and Kelly, right? No time for any of that stuff. I mean, just just do the job, get the best people, whatever they look like. It doesn't matter if they speak Pashto. Pashto is a big language, I believe, in Pakistan. And it's very helpful to have people around who speak that in Arabic. And, you know, the NYPD at one point, had more uh, Arabic speakers than all of the Central Intelligence Agency. The federal government is not a nimble uh, or organization, right? It's slow, plotting, bureaucratic, totally resistant to change, and they will subvert their political, um, well, their the political class. They will do anything they can to uh, be on their own program and. If it takes going with this woke stuff, they will, so they can do all the other stuff that they like. 
And we don't have the vaguest idea sometimes what that is. Donald Trump is under, hey, just real quick over in, a, uh, in Israel, uh, we are anticipating a ground invasion, right? Could happen at any time. Any military scholar will tell you that no matter how many bombs, and it does seem counterintuitive. I actually, ha- I know this is, uh, intellectually, I know it may, they, they tell me this makes sense, but it still doesn't make sense. That you can pound all day and all night, drop all the bombs in the world, but you still got to go in and invade. It, it, air power alone will not do the job. Air power is better. It's uh, safer. You don't, literally, you don't get your hands dirty, you know, but up close and personal things, really horrible things happen in war. It's one of the reasons why you want to avoid war. That's one of the reasons why, um, you, but you can't always avoid war, especially right now. You got to retaliate. You got to, Retaliation for a number of reasons, uh, punishment, deterrence. You don't want this to happen again. And uh, you got to take out the bad guys who did it so they don't do it again. Are women and children going to get killed in war? Yes. And it's always happened. And it's one of the many reasons to hate war and to only do it when it's the last resort, when you have no other choice. And they had no other choice right here. Um, Trump is getting a hard time. What is this? What do they do this? <laughs> Man, they will not let him win, uh, even when he wins. Uh, let's see. He said something about uh, Hezbollah being smart. You know, our enemies are smart. A lot of our enemies are smart. A lot of them are stupid, but a lot of them are smart. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, actually. Uh, there, there's faux outrage about this because they've sliced and diced this little moment. He was speaking in West Palm Beach yesterday. I think we have this here. Uh, do me a favor. Cut 18, please. Cut 18. But no, 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 no. That's the one where he's making fun of Biden. <laughs> That's good, too. Let's do uh, cut 19, please. Cut 19. I read all of Biden's security people. Can you imagine national defense people? And they said, gee, I hope Hezbollah doesn't attack from the north because that's the most vulnerable spot. I said, wait a minute. You know, Hezbollah is very smart. They're all very smart. The press doesn't like when they say it. You know, I said that President Xi of China, 1.4 billion people, he controls it with an iron fist. I said, he's a very smart man. They killed me the next day. I said he was smart. What am I going to say? But Hezbollah, they're very smart. And they have a national defense minister or somebody saying, I hope Hezbollah doesn't attack us from the north. So the following morning, they attacked. They might not have been doing it, but if you listen to this jerk... (laughs) you would attack from the north because he said that's our weak spot. Whoever heard of officials saying on television that they hope the enemy doesn't attack in a certain area. Now, unless it's a con job. But you know what a con job is? You're waiting there ready. You want them if you want them. But they weren't ready. They weren't ready. You know, say what you want. Israel was not ready. This was a big surprise. This was a terrible thing that happened. They weren't ready. But if you wanted them to attack because you've got a million people there with guns and you're going to blast the hell, then you do exactly. But they didn't have that. They didn't have that. Uh, is there a problem there? What's the problem? There's no problem. But it's Trump and they're trying to get him no matter what he says. I think he said this the day he declared for uh, for president, all the way back when he came down that escalator. He says, our, our adversaries, they're smart. Our people are not smart. They're not. And that's true. The political class, often they come and go. They don't know anything other than raising money, asking for money, spending money, but they don't really have any skill. They don't bring any skill to the table. Ask anybody who's been in politics for a long time, like uh, Kevin McCarthy. Hey, Kevin, what is it that you can do? What What are you good at? 
Well, he's been hanging around politics since the age of 20, and he can play that game. Um, has have things in Washington improved since Kevin was 20? When was Kevin 20? 40 years ago? 40-something years ago? Uh, no, they haven't. So, um, he brings real skill and you gotta, you gotta take your enemy seriously. Where's the sun suit? There is no greater danger than underestimating your opponent. Actually, that's according to Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu. Is that the same as Sun Tzu? Um, Sue's view that the commander should stand, yeah, you gotta, <laughs> that's not undermining. They're saying, oh, now he's supporting, he's supporting our enemy. No, he's not. You have to take the enemy seriously. That's fine. They're all running around. Liz Cheney says he's, they're trying to pretend that that is supporting Hamas. He was brutal about how bad they are and how much we love Israel. And that doesn't necessarily mean that BB is infallible. You know, if you work with anybody, you're going to know their strengths. You're going to know their weaknesses, right? Um, BB has never been kind of shy about telegraphing when he's pleased with the leader or not so pleased. He couldn't stand Obama. Uh, Biden, he knows, is a zero. Trump, he liked, but they had disagreements. Who remembers when we went after that General Sulmani? I think it was in, uh, I don't know, sometime when pre- Trump was in office. And they killed the United States. We killed a guy who was a general in the Iranian Republican Guard, a really, really bad guy who was a known terrorist, unleashed havoc all over the place. Well, he was on a business trip to Iraq. And Trump told the story about how they were working with Israel and tracking this guy. And at the last minute, they changed their mind. Israel did. We have that one. We have that one ready to go. The one I just, okay. Uh, this is also from last night, which is a really good speech, but they just, man, they're, um, they're going after him. Does this sound so terrible? Go ahead. This was much bigger than anybody, but we had to do it. He was going to blow up our, blow up installations all over, kill many people, many, many people, and wounded people beyond recognition. And Israel was going to do this with us, and it was being planned and working on it for months, and now we had everything all set to go. And the night before it happened, I got a call that Israel will not be participating in this attack. Nobody's heard this story before, but I like to tell it to Club 47 because you've been so loyal and so beautiful. And I said, I said, uh, what does this mean? We're working on it with them. Why? They're not. They didn't tell us why, sir, but they're not doing it. This was a day before. I said, I don't like that. That's not good. I looked at one of my generals who's fantastic, a warrior. I'm telling you, we have unbelievable military, unbelievable warriors. Just not the guys you see on television. They're (laughs) real stiffs, real dopes. But these guys are warriors. They don't want to be on television. They want to win fights, okay? They want to win battles. And I said to him, General, what do you want to do? Sir, we can do whatever you'd like to do, sir. We can finish it ourselves, sir, if you'd like. I said, well, do we need them? Not at all, sir. I said, uh, so what do you want to do, General? Sir, we have it under control if you want to do it. If you don't want to do it, we understand. Whatever you say, sir, is okay with us. I said, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because what this guy did to our soldiers, what this guy did to so many people, including many civilians, including many of his own people, just blew them to pieces by the tens of thousands. Let's do it. And he came on the plane and... We followed him right from the Situation Room. We followed the whole thing, and 
About 15 seconds later, it was all over, and we did it. But I'll never forget, I'll never forget that Bibi Netanyahu let us down. That was a very terrible thing. I will say that. And uh, so when I see uh, sometimes uh, the intelligence, you talk about the intelligence or you talk about some of the things that went wrong over the last week, uh, they've got to straighten it out because they're fighting potentially a very big force. They're fighting potentially Iran. And when they have people saying the wrong things, everything they say is being digested by these people because they're vicious and they're smart. All right. Does that all make sense? So he's annoyed with Bibi. You got a good working. I got all, I, I got great relationships with all kind of people I work with. And every now and then they do something that makes me mad or I do something that makes them mad. And that's part of the story. That's OK. That's OK. We still no greater friend than um, the Trump administration, America, under Trump's leadership uh for Israel for Bibi and Bibi knows that so they're now trying to spin this and you've heard all week long constantly a barrage of pro Israel uh sentiments pro Israel right and anti 6 billion dollars for Iran from Trump you know we're, you know what's more important than words what let's take a wild guess right what's more important right you know action action and with that uh cut I'll be right back Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, folks, uh, we're hearing it all over the place now. Very credible potential threats to New York City. Uh, nothing really totally specific at this point, but we have the NYPD all over the place. Uh, the appropriate federal agencies, hopefully they're not being too woke. They don't have any diversity or equity training uh, tomorrow, and they'll be on duty because there's a real concern um, for... Well, that there could be a terrorist strike in New York and beyond in America tomorrow, uh, especially uh, Jewish facilities, synagogues, uh, the Israeli consulate, that kind of thing. Um, yes, this is this is real. Uh, the authorities know about it. They're taking action. They're taking steps. I hope it's enough. You know, you never know. I uh, damn. But how about this? Oh, wait a second. I got something here. This just came in. Oh. This is kind of curious. So let me run this by you. I have a friend who's a, a professional. I can't give you the profession. I won't give you the profession because that one might but listen to this. After George Floyd, a criminal resisting arrest died. I cannot count the number of emails I receive from professional organizations, stores, corporations, etc. supporting Black Lives Matter. Hmm? Fine. That's fine. I cannot count the number of emails I got during Pride Month supporting gays and transgenders from the same kind of entities, stores, corporations, business associates. Here, you be- Excuse me. I cannot count the number of emails I got supporting abortion rights after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. All that is fine. I can't count that high. I won't count that high. I don't have the time. 
I can count the number of emails I have gotten from professional organizations, stores, and corp- corporations supporting Jews and condemning Hamas and anti-Semitism after the worst massacre of Jews since the Holocaust. Zero. Terrorists murder over 40 babies, beheading them and burning them, rape and murder hundreds of women just because they're Jewish. And some of the most important organizations in America have nothing to say. Wow. This individual goes on to uh, thank people, at least in the conservative media. They actually go on to support and praise. Um, let's see here. Don't want to give away too much. Demonstration. Confident in the NYPD. All right. NYPD. Good job. And, um, and Ray Kelly gets a shout out in this thing for all the things that he did with, uh, Mike Bloomberg to prevent terror. Um, we are in a totally different world. How about that though? That makes so, so much sense, right? It was so fashionable to, uh, put the Black Lives Matter pin on. In support of some guy you never met, never heard of, uh, from Minnesota. So popular and so, uh, accepted and encouraged to wear a gay pride pin or t-shirt or hat or go to some rally or just, you know, even go to a church where there's a gay pride flag outside. Somehow it's not that fashionable. It's almost, oh, you're being too political. You're being too political. Why are you even talking about that? We're not going to talk about the worst thing that happened to the Jews since the Holocaust. We're going to pretend that the Hamas people are uh, uh, not terrorists. I saw it on the news. They come up with every euphemism they can. Fighters, gunmen, Hamas militants, uh, soldiers, I've heard. I've heard the only people really are the people on our side, conservatives, Trump, Um. I put together a fascinating little montage of all that. You know who are the terrorists, though, right? They feel very safe and comfortable saying that you and me and anybody who supports MAGA, that somehow we're dangerous. And, of course, the January 6th people, right? So some law enforcement might be grumbling about tomorrow. Takes them away from pursuing January 6th people, right, Mr. FBI? Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, let's take a call or two. Uh, Russ is on the phone up in White Plains. Yes, hello. Hey, Greg, was that from uh, Club 47? Was Trump saying that Netanyahu maybe let this happen? Is that what Trump was saying? Um what I heard him say, number one, that the thrust was he did not, his beef with Netanyahu was that he didn't uh, cooperate in taking out General Soleimani. All right, there's that. And he, I don't know, chickened out or something like that. And um, he may have been musing about it. I mean, look, uh, not that he did it deliberately, but uh, there was an intelligence failure. He definitely alluded to that. And there was an intelligence failure. What the hell is going on over there? Why well, did they, why, hold on a second. Why didn't they catch this? What, you know, we have, you know, the Mossad, we have this vaunted service and we have the CIA. Why didn't we catch it? What the hell's going on? That's a real valid question. It needs to be asked and it needs to be answered. Yeah, well, that's 
what I was wondering. I thought he meant when the troops, the Israeli soldiers sent to the north, that that was a misdirection play deliberately. But what I wondered was, you know, what well, I wait, thought wait, was, wait, 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 misdirection play. A lot of people aren't even familiar with the misdirection play and information operations. And if you put out, you know, oh, we hope they don't come through the north. I don't think Hezbollah has come anywhere, right? Has Hezbollah engaged in any big, big way? I thought they were sending rockets over from Lebanon. But I, I heard, so, like, but it's BBs at this point. It's not like what happened over there. They're always throwing around rockets, but it's not like that barrage we saw the other night. Uh, all right, what? But the other, the other thing is, Hamas ever claimed an attack outside of Israel? Because I think that you know lunatics attack synagogues, but not Hamas. And what I wanted to mention real quick. Wait a is, second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hamas, they're rife with lunatics. They're absolutely right, but, full of jam packed with lunatics and. Bloodthirsty ghouls. You ever see the trans movement? They are too. You know, right here. Yeah, in the you know what, States. Russ? I get that, but I seem to think it, I, I get that you're kind of somehow minimizing uh, Hamas's role in all of this. Did you see what they did the other day? Did you see how they uh, flew those stupid little uh, lawnmowers to that concert with a thousand teenagers in open fire? And you're trying to say that, well, you know, uh, the transgenders are uh, just as bad. You know, the transgenders are really, really, really bad uh, in terms of the ideology. They're like a couple of nice ones. But, uh, you know, Russ, quite frankly, I've had enough. All right, thanks. Uh, Thanks anyway. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Do we have anybody else doing that? I'm not interested. Okay. Patrick, uh, you're in Indiana. Hello. Yes. um, Does um, Bibi Netanyahu's Israel really have a citizen's gun ban? Because it seems like uh, a lot of people would have been saved when Hamas came in. At least a few of them would have been taken out if they had guns. No, they don't have a citizen's gun ban. Where did you hear that? I didn't hear that, but I just wondered why why there weren't any did you see, there. Did you see the girls at the concert? Do they look like they're going to go with a gun? Did you see them with the bikinis on and everything like that? You don't bring a gun most... 18 to 20 year old girls don't go around with guns. Maybe they should. You can actually get a gun in Israel if uh, they they have a a pretty interesting policy. It's highly regulated. But I believe if you haven't committed the crime and you have a military record and just about everybody over there does, you can get a gun. I think they limit it to how many bullets you can have. But no, lots of people have guns over there in um, in Israel and they're aware of what you're aware of. You know what I mean? Armed citizens uh, armed, law-abiding citizens, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. All right, thanks, Patrick. Let's do one more. Morty, you're in, uh, where are you? I'm in Central Jersey, Greg. Oh, hi. Yeah, yeah, you, you. Morty, yeah, how you holding up? Uh, tell us more. You have any friends over there? No, I don't, but you know what? I had a friend that was killed in Israel, unfortunately. Um, he was missing, running security for that, for that music event, but um, either way, I just wanted to say thanks for bringing up that um that day of jihad that's tomorrow because you know as as a, as a jew and and um you know friend of israel it, it means a lot to hear you say that so i mean well gee whiz i, I mean look everyone's talking about it i mean people are worried people are telling me they're not coming into work tomorrow i don't blame them they got to do what works for them uh, excuse me i guess if you don't have to you know you know I, I i know people's like you know stick it to the terrorists well that's great but um let's also be prudent okay uh, i think we should be prudent and uh this is a war, not a battle. Okay, it's not a one-off thing. You know, we gotta we gotta be here for the long haul. So you gotta make uh, decisions accordingly. But yeah, people are really talking about this. It's real. We saw that speech from the guy, and who knows what the uh, what do they call it? The chatter. 
The chatter on the dark web and elsewhere. The chatter. That's what they call it. What else? No, I just wanted to tell you, I mean, like people my age don't know what's going on. I'm the only one since I've been following Israel. But, you know, kids don't know what's going on. So... I guess I guess tomorrow will be like a uh, an eye opener for them because people are my age are posting. Well, let's uh, hope oh, that well, nothing happens, man. All right, I don't want to. I mean, I go, yeah, yeah, you see, it happened. You know, an eye opener. I don't want anything to happen. I know you don't want anything to happen either, right, Morty? No, God forbid, God forbid. I'm just saying that more people are are saying, you know, oh, it's a both sides thing. Like there is no both sides. It's good and evil. That's it. Yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. And uh, you know, I will admit, there was a time in my life when I was young and stupid and uninformed about this issue. And, uh, you know, I was uh, digesting a lot of mainstream media. And, uh, well, you know, you have the Palestinians and you have the Israelis and hopefully, you know, like, no, you got terrorists and you've got uh, freedom-loving people. And uh, you know whose side I'm on. I know whose side you're on. It's, uh, it's obvious. Hey, you want to hear this? I think I got this little clip that I put together. Yeah. Here is the fake news using euphemism after euphemism, right? You got this ready? The big montage? Uh, euphemism after euphemism in describing the terrorists. And they don't call them terrorists. It's from MSNBC, I think, mostly. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, you don't have it yet? I kind of put a text message for you, all you guys. All right. Well, we'll get it to you later. It's pretty good. I mean, everybody from Joy Reid to, um, the other one at night. Who's that one at night they like so much? She happens to be a lesbian. Not that it has anything to do with anything, but, uh, Rachel Maddow, they're all bending over backwards. Using this terminology. Did you get it yet? No, it's all right. All right. Thanks, Morty. Um, parents, let's, is that press conference still going on? All right. This John Kirby guy who looks more like a game show host than anything else, like a game show host from 1970. Let's hear what he has to say. That will be uh, Hamas uh, representative gave an interview to Russian television, which they said they'd be willing to trade hostages for Hamas prisoners in any prisons, including in the United States. And they specifically said the United States has traded prisoners before, citing the Iran deal that was just made. Is that something the United States would consider doing in the case of the American citizens? I, I haven't seen that particular report, so I'm I'm um, I'm going to be loath to comment specifically on it. Um, what I will tell you, just broadly speaking, is um, we obviously take seriously our responsibilities to get Americans held overseas back with their families. We have in the past entered into negotiations uh, to do exactly that, um, and we have not foreclosed any option right now in terms of these particular hostages. Um, obviously, um, if, they can, if, if their return to their families can be uh, arrived at uh, in a peaceful way uh, without additional risk to their lives, that is certainly something we would take very, very seriously. Possible release of people that we might be having in our prisons. Again, I, I won't get ahead of where we are. Even Peter, even if I had more knowledge about this offer than I do today, my answer to you would be the same. It's never a good idea to negotiate for uh, the transfer of hostages or detainees in public, lest you torpedo the actual success you're trying to achieve. But I don't have a lot more granularity or context on this. All I can tell you is, uh, as Jake said himself better than I can, we'll do everything that we can, everything possible that we can, to get these Americans back home. I would remind, Peter, we still don't have uh, a lot of information about exactly how many 
where they are, uh, not even all who they are. Um, so there's an awful lot of information we need to gain before we come up with any concrete policy options. How does the uh, Israeli strike on the Syrian airports change the situation? And then can you also address reports that each, the Egyptians warned the Israelis in the days prior to the attack? That's I, BS. I, I've, asked, I've been asked that question about the Egyptian warning. I don't have anything on that. You'd have to talk to Egyptian authorities. I, I don't have anything. And I certainly wouldn't talk about intelligence matters. And on your first question, that's a better question put for the Israelis' defense forces, not for the United States. We're focused on helping them go after Hamas. Question, Good about, question about Lebanon. So Hezbollah is uh, uh, continuing operating against the Israeli targets at the border, Lebanese-Israeli border. Uh, are you still concerned that, that Hezbollah could be uh, taking part in this war? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Any uh, uh, intelligent uh, information about the capability of Hezbollah that they've been preparing, and we know that the capability is way stronger than Hamas? They, they are a potent terrorist group, no question about it. Um, uh, we watch uh, them closely. The Israelis watch them closely. Uh, we don't want to see this conflict widened. Uh, we don't want to see uh, Hezbollah make that kind of a decision. And I would remind, again, uh, that we take our national security interests very seriously in the region. And the reason why we moved a carrier strike group to the Eastern Med was to act as a deterrent for any other actor, including Hezbollah, that might... Uh, I think we lost it. Whatever. He's a fast-talking guy, right? John Kirby. What happened to Karine Jean-Pierre? Uh, they know that she can handle really only basic, basic inquiries before she gets overwhelmed and flustered and reverts to talking about her race and gender and sexuality, her orientation. Never seen that before. A, um, a press secretary talk openly about, I don't know, is it a dating thing? She wants everybody to know that she is a black gay immigrant woman. I am a black gay immigrant woman. And she talks about it all the time. Nobody cares. I've seen her talk about it from the podium, in interviews, uh, in her book, everywhere. Uh, gosh, you know what? I'm so lame, right? I was born here, happened to be white. Uh, what else? A man and uh, happened to be straight and happened to be Christian. And my goodness gracious, can you, what do they call that? Vanilla, white bread, right? White bread. I find that, ooh, even worse, a white guy. You are a, a white guy. Hey, you know, I'm just a white guy, so what do I know? A lot of privileged white men out there are are pushing that. Hey, here's something else. That guy asked about the gun thing in Israel. Hmm, a little bit more information here. There is no clear right to carry a gun in Israel. Nothing similar to the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution exists. In theory, the policy is very strict. No one may own or carry a gun without showing a reason to do so. A special permit by the Interior Ministry is then required. The permit must also have the approval of the police and includes information about the owner and the gun type. It is easy for a law-abiding citizen with no criminal record to get a permit for a handgun. There we go. There is no distinction between carrying a gun and possessing it. People who have a permit to own a handgun or other weapon are allowed to carry it with them. Yeah, unlike in New York. If you're one of the 15 people who actually got a uh, permit, you got to keep it in a lockbox under your uh, closet, buried. You know, just you can't. It's, it's so inaccessible. Um, that's a problem. And you know what? The Supreme Court actually said that's unconstitutional, but they kept it in effect anyway. Hey, this is Adam. I want to talk to you. A lot of people are picking up something not very nice out of you. Uh, they're picking up, uh, you know, I hate to say it, that you, you, you might be on the side of the terrorists here, that you may be misinformed about a lot of issues, Adam. 
I've got a bone to pick with you, Adam. Hello, welcome back. You know what I mean? Have you thought about, we've been talking about you. Have you thought about what I said? Have you thought about what the others said? Have you been listening? Have you been reading? You see the slaughter that's happening? Uh, you see what's happening and it's horrible and this did not have to happen. It wouldn't have happened if those terrorists did not start this. I agree with that, sir. Well, all right. You, you, this is what you do. You always agree with me. Then you butter me up a little bit, and then you kind of unleash the stuff that uh, you really, the way you really feel. So, come on, Adam. All right, I want to know. All right, what's going on with you? All right. Um, you know, I just want to know why Trump called Hezbollah smart yesterday. I'm just trying to figure that out. Well, why, why did he, he do that? Why did they do that? Well, these guys are smart. They are crafty. These Hamas terrorists. They are smart. They are crafty. Did you see those little uh, lawnmower airplanes they put together? That takes some smarts, man. They've got, like, nothing to build these things with, yet they managed to build them. There is nothing wrong. It doesn't mean you're rooting for your enemy when you say they're smart, when you make an assessment and you realize, you know what? These people are potent. We have to plan accordingly. We have to be ready because these guys are skilled. Say that about our enemies all the time. Have you ever heard the phrase evil genius, right? That's a thing. They really exist. So there's no problem with that. You don't listen to the fake news trying to say, well, that means he's on the side of Hezbollah. That would have to, you'd have to ignore everything else. They do that. The fake news does it all the time. They take one little smidgen, you see, but it doesn't work. And it shouldn't work with you, Adam. You're too smart for this. Well, I think Trump is a little jealous that the attention went away from him. That's why I think, man, you are watching that morning Joe and Mika and all that crap. All right. He does not. (laughs) Donald Trump, no matter what the hell's going on, is the most talked about, discussed person in the world. All right. In the history of the world. Almost one or two other people. Jesus. But he has uh, there's no lack of attention. All right. There's no I mean, come on. That I, I saw people. I saw punks on MSNBC saying that. And he's saying this for. Come on, dude. And oh, by the way, you know, he is running for president. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, getting out there and wanting your word to get to the public. That's, that's okay, Adam. How's the bus doing? You're riding around, uh, what is it? JFK, right? From airline to airline? I'm off today, Wednesdays and Thursdays. I go back tomorrow. Yes, sir. That's a very peculiar, uh, and I had that once myself. You don't know what to do with yourself when you're off on Wednesdays and Thursdays. I had a week, I had a schedule once for two years. My, my days off were Monday and Tuesday. It stunk. I really, you know what I mean? You miss out on the whole weekend. Do you ever have that feeling? No, I do, I do Uber Eats on my day off. Oh man, you're a hustler. You're make I love it, yeah, man. You gotta, you gotta make money. Yeah, you gotta keep making money. The bills keep coming in. Yeah, no, very smart, very good. So you're working seven days a week. Well, take care of yourself, Adam. I admire that. And uh all right, thanks for calling in. Oop, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, tomorrow, we don't want doomsday, right? No doomsday. Damn, all right. I'm getting uh, messages from all over the place. People are very, very concerned. I'm concerned, all right? Let's be careful. Let's be vigilant. And uh, hopefully our federal, state, and local authorities are up to the task of keeping us safe and uh, the terrorists don't try anything. Uh, you know, what there is an awful lot of woke stuff, a lot of... Uh, you know, pansexual, uh, transgender, Hispanic, uh, this, that, uh, Lat- uh, Latinx, uh, people out there, uh, Northern Europeans, Southern Europeans, South Africa, North Africa, so- 
Got to get them working for the CIA, especially the ones with anxiety disorder. Yes, anxiety disorder. That's very, very much in demand right now, believe it or not, inside the CIA. All right, do we have the clip ready where they talk about the uh, the Hamas people like they're not terrorists, right? All right, this is from um, uh, Across the News, all right? Listen to how they talk about these savages, okay? Go ahead. I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your No, 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 no. You got the wrong thing. (laughs) It's all right. It was earlier in the middle of the uh, A block. He talks about uh, talks about um, how bad. No, they just use the word militant. They use the word gunman again and again and again. And then when it comes to the January 6th people, it's the terrorists, the terrorists, the terrorists, the terrorists. I am seeing videos from all over the world where you have these Hamas lunatics talking about um, their hatred of Jews, how people should rape their daughters. I got this from Charlie Kirk right now, one of the biggest social media online. He's not for that. He's just pointing out there's a pro-Hamas caravan driving through the streets of London, shouting into a bullhorn, F the Jews, F their, oh boy, F this, F that, rape. You heard me what I said a moment ago. Uh, this is occurring uh, Charlie, uh, this is occurring in a country where someone was arrested for posting a meme mocking the transgender flag on social media. Western civilization is committing suicide before our eyes. Well, wow, never heard it put quite like that, but he's onto something. Man, I mean, we have just abandoned everything good and embraced everything that's bad for us, you know? Back to the Ten Commandments in the uh, the Old Testament there. I used to think, a lot of people think that religion and all that stuff, uh, Judeo-Christian values, if you really get into it, it's to prevent us from having a good time, right? Uh, it gets in the way. I don't want to I want to have a good time. I want to live large. Actually, living large, obedience, those those rules that some people find so objectionable, they're actually designed by God himself to keep us safe, to make our lives, to maximize our joy, not the other way around. Um, the latest number is 150 hostages being held, including Americans. The rough estimate is could be 14 Americans in that group. And the official death count for Americans right now is uh, 27 27. So um, it's interesting. That's not getting as much attention as I thought it would. Look, there are a lot of folks, I mean, near over a thousand. And yeah, there are concerns. I've seen the videos myself from Gaza, the children and that kind of thing. Right. But this is why this is on Hamas. This is on those guys. This really is war is hell. They started it. It sounds like five years old. It's not. They they did. They did that. And we got to finish it. We got to finish it. Keep hearing about these aircraft carrier groups that have been moved off the coast of Israel. That's more PR. We always have, remember, we always have an aircraft carrier basically in every major ocean, usually two or three. We definitely we always have one in the Mediterranean. The Mediterranean is only so big, so the Persian Gulf, of course. But this, we have two aircraft carriers and... Uh, They potentially, potentially mean business if used the right way. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, what date is today anyway? It's the 12th, right? Is it the 12th? 
Yep. Yeah, it's the 12th. All right. Uh, good to know. Good to know. That means tomorrow is the 13th. Wow. The 13th. Friday the 13th. Be careful out there. A lot of people are concerned. I am, uh, not so much. I mean, you know, you gotta do, you gotta live your life. You gotta do your thing. You gotta, you can't let the terrorists win, but you also have to be smart and prudent and all that stuff. Um, yeah, more on this thing. There's no real rift between Trump and Netanyahu, but it's okay. You know, our, 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 our allies do screw up sometimes. Brian Kilmeade over there from Fox, uh, talked to Trump, uh, very recently. Go ahead. Cut 14. You know, I, I find it very, very frustrating and frankly, hold on a second. That doesn't sound like Brian Kilmeade. That sounds like Hannity, but whatever. Cut 14. Keep going. You know, I, I find it very, very frustrating and frankly, inexplicable. You know, you see acts of terror like this and and all we hear from a lot of Democrats is we need to show restraint. This would be the equivalent of if you extrapolate out Israel's population. We have to protect Israel. There's no choice. And we have to do it. Uh, he has been hurt very badly because of what's happened here. He was not prepared. He was not prepared. And Israel was not prepared. And under Trump, they wouldn't have had to be prepared. Their intelligence would have been able to pick this up. Thousands of people were involved. Thousands of people knew about it. And they let this slip by. That was not a good thing for him or for anybody. Did thousands of people know about it? Thousands? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes thousands of individual people can uh, can know about something, but uh, putting it together, that's sometimes a problem. Uh, look, this was an intelligence, a massive intelligence uh, failure. And the United States, we got to help our enemies, right? And help, uh, no, we got we to screw our enemies and defeat them. We got to be on the side of our allies and all of our intelligence capabilities and just think that something like this. Hey, uh, James Flippin, I figured that, you know, with all of our hardware, with all of our money, we could detect uh, a thousand militants getting together right outside a fence and uh, going into Israel. Don't you think we should have uh, kind of seen that coming? Yeah, I mean, it sort of defies explanation, considering we know there's so much border security in Israel. You know, that's something that kind of they're known for. Well, here's one thing that could possibly explain it. Yes, they're known for border security, and they have state-of-the-art technology. Technology. That's the problem here, technology. So they got these big barbed wire fences, and guess who looks at those barbed wire fences all day long? Computers and specialized cameras. And those cameras are actually hooked up to uh, automatic machine guns, like machine guns that you don't need a person to fire. So if the computer senses you're going off over the wall, it just opens fire on its own. So you can probably fake that thing out somehow, possibly with a lot of drones. You could get it to expend its bullets. You could get it to shoot at the wrong thing. Who knows? These guys have all day long to study this stuff. You know, unemployment in Gaza is like, Crazy. It's like 70%. Right? Got a lot of guys just kind of hanging around planning, planning to do damage. So, um, there's that. And I think, yeah, too much technology. We become reliant on technology. We think we as human beings don't have any role in all of this. And I've seen it. I've seen it. We've take, we're missing the mark. We're taking our eye off the ball. Well, yeah, the computer can fix it. Eh, somebody else will catch it. The machine will catch it. You read a book lately? Have you read any books? Um, yeah, I'm actually reading a book right now. Uh, it's about a settlement in Ohio after the Revolutionary War, uh, wow. you know, pushing west and the expansion of the U.S. 
uh, that sounds a little dry, but uh, I, I, I like all that, you know, f- historical stuff. Well, some of these books, these books that are getting published, uh, have all kinds of crazy mistakes, spelling errors, just total weirdness. And I don't think it's being cached by the editors because the editors are too busy on Tinder or Instagram and this Cassidy Hutchinson book. Oh, oh yeah. Boy. I know you've been reading that. Uh, I have. And it is a fraud just as she is the whole damn January 6th thing. Um, I proved that the letter that she swore she wrote, she did not write. There is no way in hell. So she, I believe she lied about that. I you mean, believe- the one where she like alleged to the January 6th committee about Trump grabbing the wheel of the beast or whatever and all that kind of well, stuff. The, the, that's another matter, but there was a key piece of evidence, uh, that it was a Trump tweet draft, something that they came up with. It's just anybody who entered the Capitol illegally should go home right now. And it's written by clearly a guy. Clearly. You know what I mean? Here, I got it right here for you. You guys can't see it at home, but this is without a doubt. Did a guy write that? Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's not a female's handwriting. I see. I'm not a handwriting expert. But. You don't have to be. And do you want to know, uh, what her handwriting actually looks like? Take a look. <laughs> okay. Right. That looks a little more girlish. Right. You know, and, and at the bottom, she's got the peace sign and the love and the heart and but the you don't smiley even need face. That. It's the soft, that's the turns and, you know, the, the way it's rounded and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, she swore that, um, she wrote this thing that was clearly written by a guy. And, uh, oh, so the thing about Donald Trump grabbed the steering wheel or tried to grab the steering wheel. Let me ask you something. If that did happen, and I don't think it did, but even if it did, is that illegal? Is that wrong? I want to go here, but you guys want to go there. Like what, what is, what, what, what's wrong with yeah. that? Yeah. I think that they were trying to create a narrative that like Trump was completely out of control and unhinged and, you know, that somehow. The president wanted to go to the Capitol. Do you know how many members of Congress come to the White House? Right? That happens all the time, every day, all day long. Granted, it's not as uh, regular, but a president can go to the Capitol. He said out loud. I'd like to go to the Capitol. And we know the staff was opposed to it because the staff works for the deep state. and They were all freaked out. But you're allowed to do that. It's not against the law. Right. That's true. So what else do you think? Uh, what was the damning testimony? Do you remember any of the other stuff? Uh, I, I it, it all kind of runs together in terms of the allegations that have been made about January 6th. But I, I believe he said something else about one of the staffers or something like that. Well, the other big thing that she had that like, oh, wow, this is amazing. She said. Trump, and she didn't see this, by the way, threw a plate of uh, hamburger at the oh, wall. right. That's what it was, yeah. And some ketchup wound up on the wall. I've done worse when I'm angry. <laughs> I have. Not lately. <laughs> you have want... you really? Have you really thrown a plate of food at the I wall? I said I did worse. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I should tell you. Well, you don't have What's to. What's the worst thing you ever did when you were mad? Uh, actually, what I was literally just thinking about was that I was, and you'll, um, think this is pathetic because you feel a certain type of way about sports fandom. But when I was in college, the Mets blew a game against the Yankees and I kicked a hole in the wall of my college apartment wall. Oh, I've done that. And I had to get the, the spackle and the fix it up. And it was very humiliating. I but, did that at work. Not my present employer, not my former. I did it at an employer. I punched the wall. I was so angry. And I was like, we're like, boy, you get fired for this kind of stuff. So I took a piece of paper and I taped it over the wall. <laughs> hope that nobody would notice it. Did anybody ever say anything? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and the other thing was I kicked a desk really hard and uh, I made a big dent in the filing cabinet, right? 
And there was this big investigation. Who kicked, who, who damaged the desk? Who did that? And I was able to say, I did not. Technically speaking, I did not. I put, I, I, that was the filing cabinet. I dented the filing cabinet, not the desk. Oh, I see. So it was a semantics thing. Yes. On my last day of work, I confessed. You did. Uh, you unburdened yourself. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. I went through a remote control at a TV set. But I'm sure it had nothing to do with See, that would have not been sports-related. That would have been sports-related for me. You were probably just mad about something somebody said. I once put sugar down somebody's gas tank. Really? Is that bad? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's considered uh, – I don't even know enough about cars, but doesn't that, like, total? No, it doesn't total. I once trapped uh, a bunch of squirrels and put them in a garbage can, and then I put the garbage can in somebody's car, who I didn't like. Is that bad too? Well, I mean, I didn't yeah, do I that. Say, I, I don't believe do that. that. That's pretty sociopathic. <laughs> I didn't do that. Of course not. I did not do that. I mean, yeah, sugar. You could, for whatever reason, you can actually ruin somebody's car that way. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. that the, seriously, the worst thing I ever did was uh, the remote at the TV. And I wasn't even aiming at the TV. It's like, oh, damn. And the TV was busted. It was. Uh, so is there anything else we should know news wise? Um, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about, obviously, everything with this day of action. You know, NYPD is stepping up their security tomorrow. State police in New York are working with. The Joint Terrorism Task Force. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on around the city right now. There's a pro-Palestinian rally going on at Brooklyn College. Where? Really? Mm-hmm. Pro-Palestinian. These college kids are so stupid. But granted, you're kind of supposed to be stupid in college. You do all kinds of dumb things when you're in college. Mm. You know, you drink beer through a hose and stupid stuff like that. You know, you're going to be signing up for anything to be different, anything to be stupid. It's like a rite of passage. But this is more serious than that. I mean, right. this is... <laughs> I mean, the college kids on 9-11 were not, you know, rooting for al-Qaeda. They weren't, right? Remember when uh, they killed bin Laden? There was a massive outpouring of patriotism and thousands yeah. of college students went to the White House, like from Georgetown, GW, American. And I remember just- being at the Mets-Phillies game when the word broke. This was like kind of maybe Twitter, I think, was in its infancy. So, like, people knew. It wasn't just like, you know, totally word of mouth. People saw on their phones and a USA chant broke out. At yeah. Citizens Bank Park, where the Mets and Yankees were playing. So I remember that very well. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you hear the chants from Brooklyn College. They're saying, you know, like, occupied. You know, like, people talk a lot about this open-air prison in Gaza and stuff like that. You know, there's they, they try to get into the nuance, I think, of it all and, and obfuscate, obviously, that terrorism just went down. In a weird way, you know, it was unifying when there was one guy, one villain that we all hated and we all wanted dead, right? Bin Laden. I mean, name another guy that everybody agrees. We want that guy dead. Nobody comes to mind. You would have had to, you'd have to go back to like Stalin and Hitler or something. Well, like I know, but you can't kill them. They're dead. I mean, somebody now to right. kill right now. It's a unifying thing. It is actually. I'm saying like a bad guy who deserves it. I mean, there are terrorists out there, but they're not just of sufficient profile where we all know, you know, you know, it's usually, you know, Azarari, you know, it's right. some, somebody you haven't heard of in a long time. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, so the day tomorrow is a thing. Are people coming into work? Are people getting nervous about I that? I mean, I'm telling you here in, in the newsroom and stuff, people are talking about it. People are, are kind of nervous. You know, people are saying, are you coming in? Who has to take mass transit? You know, stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, obviously the line, the official line is that no specific or credible threat has been identified up until this time. Well, here, here's one of the stupidest people you'll uh, hear in a long time. This is going all on, on all over the place. These pro-Palestinian, I should call them pro-terrorist rallies. And this one's taking a page out of the Joe Biden playbook. Listen to this. Cut six, please. Cut six. So don't let them get it twisted. This is not complicated. When you go to a Black Lives Matter rally, you see Palestinian flags. When you go to a white supremacy rally, you see Israeli flags. This is not complicated. 
When Zionists march down the street, they say death to Arabs. When we march down the street, we say free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Whoa. This is not difficult, everybody. Yeah, uh, uh, man, what a demented weirdo that guy was, huh? Who was he? That was, I think, in Brooklyn. Um, first of all, <laughs> there hasn't been a white supremacy rally, like, in the history of, I mean, in a long time, and I have my doubts about Charlottesville. What actually? Really I, I was just going to say they're really talking out of both sides of their mouth because the whole Charlottesville thing was supposedly that the group was chanting "Jews will not replace us," right? Wasn't that like their allegation that that was a yeah? Chant? Actually, yeah. I, I but yet they were flying Israeli flags. No, they weren't. And uh, you know, look, white supremacists wherever they are, and there aren't many. There are six. Most of them are in jail. And the moment they break the law, they should be arrested. But it's just not a thing. And making them into an imaginary thing has made us all less safe because it's taken up time, money, and, uh, you know, bandwidth and equipment and resources fighting a phantom. Even the deputy commissioner of the NYPD, uh, a silly woman named Rebecca, is going around saying her job is to fight white supremacy. Knock yourself out, Rebecca. We got real threats to worry about. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Remember that girl who was yelling at those uh, German tourists and uh, she was angry at them because they said something very mean. We don't know exactly what. And she's all drunk. And at some point she says, why don't you go back to your own country? And uh, everybody, oh, boy, do they love feasting on uh, on that story, right? Oh, what a hateful thing to say. Well, it's not the worst thing I ever heard. And, uh, number one, I can actually, I, I can see a certain justification given the circumstances. And I am, uh, I'm sorry. It's just, uh, easy pickings on, uh, white women. Uh, and her name is Brie Pinnix. Brie Pinnix. And, all right. So that happened, uh, the weekend before last. And, uh, it was a big deal. And then the New York Post this week actually went to her apartment, is taking pictures of her coming and going from her apartment. Like, oh, there she is, the train Karen. Um, it's just amazing to me. You know, I just, uh, Joe Biden can say out loud, if you don't vote for me and you're black, then you ain't black, right? He can actually say that and then be elected, quote unquote, president. Bree Pinnix, uh, is being, uh, bothered and accosted by a bunch of, uh, guys who happen to be from Germany. They're going back to Germany. She suggests they go back to Germany immediately as, as opposed to next week. Is that the worst thing in the world? No, it's not. It's fine. So there's that. And, uh, the other matter is, uh, I'll get to you in a moment on that. Hello, hello Mike. Yes. Yeah. Hey, hey, how are you? First of all, I would like to say that, uh, if you look at the left, the far left, or the socialist, Democrat socialists in this country, their ideology is basically the same as Hamas. They hate the United States. They hate Israel. They don't have any, any problem killing babies. They also um, use uh, violence with Antifa. There's really not much difference between them. That's why they support them. Yeah, you're right. There's a very tight correlation. And if you have any questions about that, just pick up Mark Levin's new book. Uh, the Democrat Party Hates America. It's all in there. Guy, you're in Staten Island. Hello, Guy. Hey, Greg. How are you? Um, I wanted to call regarding the uh, that video footage that was deleted years ago of the uh, people in Jersey City on the rooftops. Yeah. Um, I remember very clearly watching footage of that live on TV. They showed little clips, and it wasn't 
it wasn't that long. It didn't make it into that regurgitative uh, news cycle, <clears throat> like for weeks at a time. It was something very quick. They must have gotten rid of it very quickly because I guess they realized the optics of it. But I just wanted to give you further confirmation that that did happen. Yeah, I uh, I believe it, and um, I believe it. I, you say you saw it. I know others who say they saw it. President Trump said he saw it. Uh, Dan Rather. Uh, Pablo Guzman, remember that guy? He was on Channel 2 and Channel 5, a longtime journalist. Who was the anchor, the other anchor? Uh, I think it was, uh, was it Marsha? What was that woman's name? Not Marsha Kramer, the other one. Marie Marsh, beautiful girl on Channel 2. Todd McDermott, uh, these people saw it and it's not been debunked. And I noticed this. If you want to find footage of these reporters talking about what they saw, you can only find a videotape of a videotape. Very suspicious, right? Because it's not, I don't think it's in the archives. It was deleted on purpose. And you can look back after 9-11, there was this big push. You know, we got to support the Arab community. We got to support the Muslim community. And I was not necessarily, I wasn't really opposed to that. Like, you know, we got to support everybody. We got to support America. But they made it out like there was, you know, these bands, uh, bands of vigilantes or whatever going out. And I don't, I think that was way, way, way overstated. Uh, lots of patriotic people of all faiths, of all backgrounds. And it was, uh, but some people have surmised that the Bushes, believe it or not, cozier than you might think to the Bin Laden family. Yeah, the Bin Laden family. Um, I got to hand it to Michael Moore, that liberal maniac, uh, <laughs> filmmaker. He did an entire documentary about this. It's called Fahrenheit 911. And it's all about how the Bushes did business with the Bin Ladens. And some very important decisions after the attacks seem designed to protect Saudi Arabia. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah. <sighs> You know, uh, they do say that raising children, it all goes very, very fast, and it really, really does. It's like, I just, I can't explain it. It goes, you guys know this, right? I have a three-year-old. She's about to turn uh, four. The one-year-old is about to turn two. Uh, they are happy and healthy, except when the three-year-old throws a tantrum. I'm tempted to record one of those, but uh, <laughs> somebody would probably send a priest. <laughs> Is your baby possessed? What's going on there? I mean, man, the yelling and the screaming that they can do uh, is pretty intense. I saw the worst movie ever made. Uh, really, really bad. It's called The Kane Mutiny Court Martial. Strangest movie. It's a remake of a very good movie, uh, a play, actually, called The Kane Mutiny. Humphrey Bogart was in the movie in the 1950s. It's awesome. And it starts out on the ship. And Humphrey Bogart is the captain, and he loses his mind. And then the crew is like, dude, you know, uh, you're relieved of command. Um, you're going to get us all killed. And it's a mutiny. Technically, that's a mutiny. And they put the guy on trial, and it's uh, kind of fascinating. The whole thing is great. With the new Kane mutiny court-martial, it's just about the court-martial. So they walk. It's an hour and a half long. They walk in to the court. It starts in the court, so you don't know anything that happened. You just listen to their story, and somehow that's supposed to be interesting. Uh, they're forgetting it's a movies and TV shows, a visual, a visual medium, right? It's visual. I mean, why not have a, why not go out on the boat? Why not depict the crazy behavior to begin with, to omit that and think that you have a good movie? 
And they've got good actors in it. I mean, established actors. They've got uh, Kiefer Sutherland, right? The guy from 24, son of Donald Sutherland. Uh, they've got mm, – who's the other one? I don't know. They've got a bunch of uh, Hispanic and black people uh, and white people that I've never really heard of. Um, oh, Jason Clark is in it. He's uh, He's pretty good. But it's just ta- – I don't know. you got to see this. Oh, they get the little things wrong. They get all kinds of things wrong. They got the biggest military uh, advisor in Hollywood, a guy named Dale Dye. D-Y-E is his name, Dale Dye. This guy actually made a real name for himself advising Steven Spielberg about saving Private Ryan. And he advises filmmakers to try to get it accurate when it comes to military life. And everything about this movie is inaccurate when it comes to military life. Everything. Uh, just one quick example, the defense attorney, and Jason Clark is playing the defense attorney. Jason Clark is about 52 years old. Fifty, He's in his early 50s, got to be, maybe late 40s. They make him a lieutenant in 02, and they also imply that he's been in the military since 2001, shortly thereafter. And he's not only a lawyer, but he's a pilot. Right, He's wearing the wings of gold that a pilot wears. I hate this stuff, and I'm really a terrible person to go to the movies with because I will not stop talking and I'm writing all this stuff down. Sometimes I, if I go to a movie theater, which I still do from time to time, I'll actually take pictures of the screen and I'll even film a few seconds and then go on social media and complain about it. Um, talk about rotten tomatoes, huh? I mean, that's a little bit much, but I, ca- I just can't help it, especially when it comes to the military and also when it comes to law enforcement matters. Um, you know, I know more than the average person. I mean, the first time I ever walked into police headquarters, I was, um, how old was I? I was in first grade. I was in first grade to see my dad get promoted to uh, lieutenant. And that was a really exciting, uh, that was an exciting day. But that was 1974, I think the year after police headquarters. So, look, was I ever a cop? No. But did I hang around it enough and kind of inhale it, the life? And, uh, yeah, I think I understand uh, aspects of it very, very well, enough to tell which movies and TV shows stink. It's one of the reasons why I can't watch Blue Bloods. I know people tell me, it's the best TV show. It's the best TV show. It's the best TV show. Two minutes in, I've seen eight mistakes, and I can't, I just can't deal with it. Sandra, hello. Uh, you're, uh, oh, yeah, Sandra, hi. Hi, Greg. I wanted to comment on Donald Trump saying that the enemy is smart. I think what he's doing is saying we just have to be smarter. We can't let all guards down. That's all he's saying. I, I, the people could pick on him for everything he says when what he's saying is very helpful. If I know my, my enemy is smart, I'm going to try to be smarter. I'm not going to, like, oh, don't worry about them. They're easy. But I wanted to tell you, I got a post on my phone uh, this morning, and it was very disturbing. It said, New York City friends, please repost. There are Palestinian men going around the city, dressed up as rabbis, asking people if they are Jewish. Do not engage with anyone about the situation, even if they appear to be Jewish. All right, hold on a second. All right, so look, uh, that happens all the time, but they're not dressed as rabbis usually, right? I get asked that. I used to get asked that quite a bit. Then I figured out what was actually happening. All right, yeah, you got to be on your guard, you know? You got to be on your guard. And if you're Jewish, you'll probably if some rabbi comes up to you, you'll probably be able to be sniff it out if they're a genuine rabbi or not, right? Right? Right. Right. So what is right. it what and then what are they going to do? What are they going to do after that? What does it say they're going to do? Well, 
Well, no, I don't know. That's <laughs> that's my concern. Maybe I'll take a. Eh, this sounds like a. Fun. This sounds a little bit like a punk, like a like a prank. I mean, that happens all the time. I think some people are just having fun. Look, we got a lot bigger problems than somebody walking up and saying something to you. You know what I mean? We're worried about knife attacks. We're worried about axe attacks. We're worried about chemical attacks. We're worried about bombings. We're worried about the subway. We're worried about a lot of things right now. If somebody walks up and says something to me, I can handle that. Greg. I have a comment I want to make about Jack. Oh, yeah. Anything else? Okay. I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, real real so, quick. So okay, great. <laughs> no, he said, he said that uh, there's no reason to delay the trial. You know what? There is a reason. Leave this man alone and let him have his energy to fix this country right now. We're in big trouble. All right, Sandra. He, he, yeah, he, he can't go into court and say that. I mean, I, I agree with you, all right? <laughs> I know you're rooting for him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> He's got to fix the country. You know, the, well, he is campaigning full time for president. That is a valid excuse. Look, the whole damn thing is a disgrace. And when I went through that Cassidy Hutchinson book and seeing the, 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 the lies, the mistakes, and even when she's telling the truth, it's very, very suspicious. I noticed something about these. But actually, I don't want to tell you yet because I want to document it first. And then I will unleash it on the world and they will be like, wow, about time somebody figured that out. Thank you, Sandra. Joe Biden just retweeted Donald Trump's video. Uh, Our nation's support for Israel is resolute and unwavering. We know this, Joe. Joe, you cannot dig your way out of this hole by somehow trying to blame Trump. He has no respect for the people, none whatsoever. Kept his mouth shut on Sunday, mouth shut on uh, Monday. Playing footsie tootsie with Rashida Tlaib and uh, AOC and Reggie Bush. What's her name again? Uh, not a, sorry, not Reggie Bush. What the hell's her name? The one from uh, St. Louis, Bush somebody. And then there's the uh, Corey Bush. Corey Bush. There's Corey Bush. Uh, I think she's she from Boston. Just these nut job, far left psychos who are totally anti-Semitic. And they are commanding respect and power inside the Democrat Party. Even Barack Obama knows where his bread is buttered, and he's not going to antagonize them. Hey, what do we think about these uh, Harvard kids and any dopey 18, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old who signs a petition in support of Hamas? Do we think that should be um, promulgated? We should, should they be called out globally? I don't have a big problem with that, to be honest. No, I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Um, there's this famous billionaire. He's a hedge fund billionaire by the name of Ackerman. And he's made it his mission to, uh, highlight these crazy pro terrorist students who are supporting the terrorists at a moment like this. And a lot of these Harvard kids, once they're done screwing around on campus, what do they want? A great big hedge fund job. So listen to this, a doxing truck. You know what a doxing truck is? I never heard about this. I've heard of doxing. That's when you publish somebody's personal information. But you put it on one of those trucks with the billboard, with not the billboard, but the electronic like scoreboard thing. A doxing truck is driving around the campus of Harvard University with digital billboards that display the names and photos of students who allegedly signed a letter blaming Israel for Hamas's violent attack and killing more than 1,200 people over the weekend. Giant video screens hung on the sides and back of the truck display the words Harvard's leading anti-Semites in Gothic script over a slideshow of Ivy Leaguer's headshots and names in bold red block letters, according to photos. 
uh, nonprofit news watchdog accuracy in media, which is notoriously inaccurate. Uh, but here I kind of interested in what they're saying. They were behind the truck, which showed the students involved in the 34 student groups that signed the letter. And where's this Ackerman guy? Uh, he's great. He's pushing this too. He's like, we're not going to hire any of these people. Now I will say this. There are, you know, you do make mistakes. As I was telling James, you, you make mistakes when you're in college. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, you're supposed to kind of make some mistakes. This kind of crosses the line, right? It does cross the line. Should have followed them around for the rest of their lives. Uh, I'll get back to you on that. I'll get back to you on that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there are some, anybody's redeemable. I do believe Barbara, isn't that true? Everybody's redeemable. Yes, everybody is redeemable. But one thing I've learned in my long life is that when someone espouses a very strong and what I believe is wrong, controversial position, and then later on they they claim to be totally different, they must be able to tell you what changed them and when it happened. If it happened over a period of time, but they need to tell you what changed their heart and mind. If they cannot tell you that, then they are pandering. There is no true change. Uh, that's a great. All right, so what are the two questions we asked? When did that happen and how did that happen and what happened, right? How did you change yes. your mind and why and when and where? All right, yes. that's a good idea. Okay. Yes, I, I have a friend who went from being a dyed-in-the-wool liberal, a Satanist, etc., to being the best conservative, the most constitution-supporting person, and a an avid Christian, but that person can tell you exactly what changed them and when it happened and how it happened. How about that? How about that? Uh, Hey, people are really angry at CBS news. Just like I sensed this morning, their coverage was way, way too, uh, too pro terrorist. And uh, uh, anything is pro terrorist is too pro terrorist. But I noticed something about it, and I also noticed the uh, the personalities who were delivering the news. I, I I sensed who they were rooting for, and it was pretty ugly. Right now on Twitter, it's trending CBS News, and they put news in quotation marks. Barbara, I think you had one other point. And yes, I do. Anyone that supports this barbarism, by the way, um, does not ever ever deserve respect because they, you know, supporting the barbarism to that point is. Horrendous. And my, my point I wanted to just say today is that it's time for every American to be on their knees in prayer for Israel and for our world and for civilization to go to our churches, to pray alone, to pray with our family at home, to ask our priests and ministers to pray. When our country was in dire straits at our founding, Benjamin Franklin told the Constitutional Convention that he said, If a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it possible an empire can rise without God's aid? And we know that to be true. And those of your listeners who, like me, happen to be Catholic will want to take their rosary and pray earnestly. Back in 1571, there was a a massive bloody battle, and the Pope had asked Catholics around the world to pray the rosary. The battle was the Battle of Lepanto off the coast of Greece. The opposing forces were Christians made up an alliance of fleets from Spain and Italy Mm. against a far superior 
Turkish Navy. The Muslim force was threatening to take over the Mediterranean Sea and be in a position to attack Europe. But in spite of being vastly outnumbered, the Christian forces won. Uh And we prayed to Mary to intercede for us, just as the Catholics did back then in the Battle of Lepanto. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Hey, do me a favor. Send me that quote about the sparrow and the empires being lifted. I love it. Hey, Bob Menendez is in even more trouble. Yeah, the senator from New Jersey, and it doesn't involve his girlfriend this time. Be right back with that. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yep, and I'm sorry, Bob Menendez, the superseding indictment has just come down. There's a superseding indictment that's like everything in the last one plus this. And he is accused of acting as a foreign agent uh, for Egypt, the government of Egypt. And uh, I said it didn't involve his girlfriend. It looks like this very much does involve his girlfriend, Nadine. So that's the allegation acting as a foreign agent, and this might be tough for him to uh, remain in the Senate. It's one thing, okay, accepting cash, but acting for a foreign government, you know, that's like almost akin to spying, and uh, that's really bad stuff. Just an allegation, but it's a serious, and can they keep that, you know, can they maintain that risk? Can they take that risk, having a foreign agent hanging around the U.S. Senate? Probably not. Um, oh, by the way, uh, he throws around that accusation pretty uh carelessly himself, uh, Bob Menendez does. Listen to what he said about President Trump on the floor of the U.S. Senate in 2019. 2019, what was happening? Well, um, Donald Trump was president, and this guy, I mean, oh, how about that, huh? Donald Trump, of course, never charged with being a foreign agent, and uh, this guy just was. Uh, take it away, Bob, 2019, Bob Menendez. To know the facts. Not the, na- not the latest spin dropped by Rudy Giuliani. The facts. The American people deserve to know who they elected to be their president. They deserve to know if he's in fact putting America's interests first. And they deserve to know if Donald Trump is, wittingly or unwittingly, an agent for the Russian Federation. Hey, hold on a second. Didn't this guy say something about facts? <laughs> he just makes, makes all these kind of dark questions with all kinds of ominous uh, overtones. Keep going. Congress must carry out its constitutional duty to fully and thoroughly investigate where the facts lead. That's why we must protect the integrity of all oversight efforts, including the objective sober investigation still being conducted by Robert Mueller. Oh, yeah, that was a juicy one. Push for his final report to be made public. Yeah, and it was. And it showed... The opposite of what you guys wanted it to show, all right? The guy was clean as a, what's something really clean, all right? He was that clean. Uh, and now, as for you, Bob Menendez, the U.S. attorney just notified us of this. From at least in or about January of 2018 through at least in or about June of 2022, including the spot where you just self-righteously were talking, uh, in the Southern District of New York and elsewhere, Robert Menendez and Nadine Menendez and a bunch of your friends willingly and knowingly combined, conspired, confederated, and agreed together and with each other to have a public official, to wit, Robert Hernandez, act as an agent of a foreign principal, to wit, the government of Egypt and Egyptian officials, required to register 
under FARA. And you did not, and you're in violation of Title 18 U.S. Code Section 219. Well, that sounds like he's in a lot of trouble. I got to go um, in a moment. Sal in Staten Island, yeah. Hey, I'll hit you rapid fire. It was Michelle Marsh on CBS. Yep. And also, it was confirmed, as you said, by the FBI, that in the Arabic extreme Islamic Muslim communities across America, they were dancing in the streets. Also, I want to say, is a special place in hell for those animals to kill babies. And ironically, it's not a, a coincidence, Craig, that it's on the 50th anniversary of 1973 Yom Kippur thank War. Thank you. Thank you. I got to run. I want to take more calls. TJ in Brooklyn. Hello. Uh, Greg, great, great to talk to you. Um, it just is really, you know, our governor and our mayor, we support Israel. We support Israel. Yet they have these Sunni and Kuni professors leading this absolute garbage tomorrow. And they do nothing about it. You know, Adams has to go to Israel to learn about anti-Semitism. How about firing the professors that are the cause of a a $5 million lawsuit that other people are suing Cooney for for their anti-Semitism? It's a disgrace. Well, you know what? If I were the mayor and I had a city employee who uh, supported the Ku Klux Klan, you better believe it. I would be looking for any legal way uh, to terminate that professor's ass. And I think the same should be done for these crazy uh, uh, fools who are supporting terrorism, dangerous fools. And they're hanging around our kids, too. Uh, Rich, hello. Hey, thanks, Greg. Thank you. Hey, look, you mentioned CBS. Well, it was disgusting this morning. It was so bad that I wrote down what I was seeing. Yeah, what did you see? Open- okay, so there's two parts to CBS News in the morning, 6 to 7, 7 to 8. The 7 o'clock part calls themselves CBS Mornings, but the 6 to 7 is just the news with that little redheaded uh, weather guy, the cute Scottish guy. And they open up with a man standing in an empty street who said that, uh, two Palestinian young men were attacked by three car loads of Jews. And what do they show? They show a looped clip of a police car parked in front of Bank of America. Then they quickly flash to two young ethnic-looking men, Mediterranean-looking, talking to each other on a sidewalk. All right, hold then on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This was at 6 in the morning, you say? Yes, this was at the 6 o'clock morning, the 6 to 7 news. All right, so that's he- the, hold on, that's the local news. I want to track this down, all right? I want to see what you're talking about, and it totally resonates. I think you're, uh, yeah, I've seen that kind of crummy, lazy reporting a lot. Hey, Rich, I appreciate you telling me about that. J- wait, oh, wait, you're in another, you're in Pennsylvania, so I don't know. I didn't, we don't have that local news here, right? He's got another version of it. Uh, all right, thanks. I'll see you later.